Hello, this is Nikdha from NewsLaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 4th of July. The number of coronavirus infections in India went up to 6,48,000 today as the country reported more than 22,500 new cases. This is the highest single-day rise in the country so far. The toll, meanwhile, has crossed 18,000. However, more than 3,94,000 people have recovered so far, pushing the recovery rate to 60.80%. The World Health Organization on Friday said it should get results from clinical trials of drugs that might be effective in treating COVID-19 patients within the next two weeks. The Indian Council of Medical Research or the ICMR has declared that the first made in India coronavirus vaccine may be launched by Independence Day with the ICMR fast tracking efforts to develop Covaxin in partnership with Bharat Biotech International Limited. A dozen institutes have been selected for clinical trial of the indigenous COVID-19 vaccine. The announcement did not come without its fair share of controversy. The CPIM General Secretary Sitaram Yachuri has alleged that the ICMR is trying to fast track the production of the vaccine so that the Prime Minister Modi can announce it on Independence Day. Even Adar Poonawala, the president of Indian Vaccine Manufacturers Association, expressed his concern at ICMR's announcement. He said, and I quote, "Safety and efficacy of the vaccine are most important. We must not bypass processes that ensure that" Phase 1, 2 and 3 studies need to be properly conducted before the product is licensed and injected into the public. Phase 1 takes a few months, phase 2 another few months and we go ahead from there. We are struggling to understand how the vaccine can be launched so fast. Unquote. After Bharat Biotech's Covaxin, Zydus Cadilla, an Ahmedabad headquartered pharma firm, expects to complete the first two phases of human clinical trials for its COVID-19 vaccine candidate Zykov D in the next 3 months. So far, Union Health Minister Harshvardhan has said that 11,300 Make in India ventilators have been dispatched to hospitals, out of which 6,154 have already been delivered. But if you are a regular listener of Daily Dose you'll remember that there were multiple reports from Mumbai and other parts of the country complaining about some of these ventilators missing important features. The health ministry is also supplying more than 1 lakh oxygen cylinders across India of which more than 72000 have been delivered. Taking into account that a large number of people with no symptoms are testing positive for COVID-19 the Union Health Ministry has revised home isolation guidelines. They now include asymptomatic positive patients in the list of mild or presymptomatic coronavirus infection cases. The ministry also revised the dosage of the antiviral drug Remdesivir. The drug will now be administered to coronavirus patients in the moderate stages of illness for 5 days. According to the new treatment protocol stated, Remdesivir injections will be given in doses of 200 mg on day 1 followed by 100 mg daily for the next 4 days. Meanwhile, the Income Tax Department has extended the deadline to file income tax returns for 2019-2020 financial year to November 30th. An analysis by the CPCB Air Quality Index data has noted that the coronavirus lockdown resulted in a significant reduction of air pollution levels in the national capital and other cities like Mumbai, Kolkata and Bangalore. In fact, Delhi achieved 95% of the national clean air program target set by the center. The tally of COVID-19 infections in the national capital is inching closer to 1 lakh with over 92,000 cases currently. 
the health department in the revised guidelines for home isolation said covid-19 patients suffering from immunity targeting health conditions like cancer hiv and others were not eligible for home isolation aam aadmi party spokesperson raghav chadda however accused the center of causing unnecessary confusion by first scrapping its home isolation guidelines then reinstating it and then releasing nationwide guidelines that were similar to those being followed in delhi At least 600 medical personnel comprising of doctors, nurses and paramedical staff from the tri services have been mobilized to treat coronavirus in Delhi's 1000 bed dedicated COVID-19 hospital near IGI airport that will become functional by Monday. Maharashtra is hovering near the 2 lakh mark when it comes to COVID-19 cases and Mumbai alone has close to 90,000 infections. While disposing of a batch of pleas seeking various relief for prisoners in view of the COVID-19 outbreak in jails across the state, the Bombay High Court accepted assurances made by the state government and directed it to conduct random tests of inmates as required. The police authorities were directed to refer for testing any inmate with any signs of physical discomfort or display of COVID-19-like symptoms. The court has also asked the authorities to notify details of nearly 37 temporary jails it has formed across nearly 27 districts which are to be used as makeshift quarantine or COVID-19 care centers. The Bombay High Court also said that the safety of people involved in conducting last rites should be ensured and that no citizens staying near crematoriums should be put at unnecessary distress. There were 59 names on the list until Wednesday including that of Assistant Sub-Inspector Bhagwan Pawar. He was just another statistic, part of the tally of Maharashtra police personnel who have died of COVID-19. But that does not encapsulate the grief of the loss of a loving husband, a doting father, a faithful friend and a sincere colleague. Pune has been one of the cities that's worst hit by the pandemic. Around 4,861 police officers of the Maharashtra police have tested positive in the state so far. These police officers work for long hours and handle everything from fumigation and food distribution to contact tracing and their chances of testing positive are quite high. Do read Pratik Goel's report titled 3 Dead, 122 Positive. Pune police struggle to keep morale up as COVID-19 cases rise among their own. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. Tamil Nadu, the second worst coronavirus hit state in the country, crossed the 1 lakh mark as more than 4000 people tested positive for the highly infectious virus in a day. However, its high case load must be seen in relation to another important figure, its testing numbers. Close to 13 lakh people have been tested until now, which is the highest in the country in absolute numbers. After the rising number of coronavirus cases in Karnataka, the state COVID task force has decided to set up booth-level task force committees across the state, including 8,800 in Bengaluru for monitoring and surveillance. The Department of Health and Family Welfare Services has directed that each COVID-19 patient in home isolation should always have an oxygen saturation of not less than 95%. The patient should also have a pulse oximeter, digital thermometer and personal protective equipment to be used during home isolation. Also, home isolation will not be applicable to pregnant women. However, lactating mothers will be allowed home isolation after assessment and instructions. The Karnataka tourism industry has declared losses worth 20,000 crores due to COVID-19 and the lockdown. Tourism minister Siti Ravi said that though the government had allowed functioning of hotels, the response was feeble. The Union Health Ministry has praised ASHA workers for their role in fighting COVID-19 in Karnataka. 
but the frontline workers have been complaining of inadequate safety equipment and delayed honorarium and have said that they will stage a protest from July 10th against the difficulties faced by them. The number of coronavirus cases continues to rise in Telangana as the state ramped up testing. Along with Andhra Pradesh, Telangana has a significant caseload and also a high growth rate. Both states have also moved into the top 10 list of states with the highest caseloads in the country. With the rising number of COVID-19 cases, the High Court has criticised the government for behaving in a manner that is violating the right to live. The court said that it is the duty of the state to protect the lives of citizens. It said by not declaring the required information regarding the spread of COVID-19, including information on where containment zones are, the state is endangering the lives of citizens. Ushering in reforms in the state's healthcare system, the Andhra Pradesh government has decided to revamp its ambulance and first responders' services by inducting 1,088 vehicles. Meanwhile, 10 more staffers in the Andhra Pradesh Secretariat have tested positive for COVID-19. The Mizoram government has postponed the opening of schools for the 2020-2021 academic session for an indefinite period as part of the containment measures to curb the coronavirus outbreak. The government had earlier decided to open educational institutions for the current academic session from July 15th. In a bid to treat coronavirus patients, a plasma bank has been started at the Guwahati Medical College Hospital in Assam, with the first donor being a doctor who recovered from COVID-19. Now for some international updates on the virus. Global coronavirus cases have exceeded 11 million, marking another milestone in the pandemic that has killed more than half a million people around the world in seven months. The coronavirus surge in the US is showing no signs of slowing down. Reports of new cases have increased by 90% in the last two weeks. In fact, more than 53,000 new daily coronavirus cases were reported on Friday. States like Arizona, Florida and Texas are seeing some of their highest numbers to date. Yet, the virus appears to be killing fewer of the people it infects, in what seems to be like a counterintuitive trend that experts say might not last, since death reports can lag diagnosis by weeks. In April and May, COVID-19 led to as many as 3,000 deaths per day and claimed the lives of roughly 7-8% to of Americans known to have been infected. Now, even though cases are rising in majority of the states, some of which are hitting single-day records, the number of daily deaths is closer to 600 and the death rate is less than 5%. Health experts, however, also noted that treatments had improved and that the virus is now infecting more young people who are less likely to die of COVID-19. With the worldwide infections rising steadily, many naysayer leaders who refuse to take COVID norms like wearing masks and maintaining social distancing seriously finally seem to be coming to their senses. First, it was Mike Pence followed by a hesitant Donald Trump in the US. Now it is Brazilian President Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro on Friday sanctioned a law to make face masks compulsory in public in Brazil. Unfortunately, he watered it down by vetoing their use in shops, churches and schools. He said people could have been fined for not wearing a mask at home. Brazil has the world's second highest number of COVID-19 cases and deaths. Almost 1.5 million people have been infected and over 60,000 have died. People were finally allowed to drink in a pub, have a meal in a restaurant or get a haircut for the first time in over three months as England took its biggest steps yet towards resumption of normal life. Chancellor Rishi Sunak, Britain's finance minister, urged people to eat out to help out the economy find its way up from the historic fall caused by the coronavirus pandemic. 
The UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson too called on to people to behave responsibly and respect social distancing regulations, but he also stressed the importance of supporting businesses. Britain's shutdown has been one of Europe's longest because of an official death toll of more than 44,000, the third highest in the world. The Louvre in Paris, the world's most visited museum and home to the Mona Lisa, will reopen on Monday but with coronavirus restrictions in place and parts of the complex will remain closed to visitors. Its director Jean-Luc Martinez said the Louvre has been closed since March 13th and this has already led to losses of over 40 million euros. Voters in the Dominican Republic are set to defy rising coronavirus infections on Sunday to elect a new president in an election that could end 16 years of unbroken rule by the centre-left Dominican Liberation Party. Opposition candidate Louis Abinader of the Modern Revolutionary Party seems to be a likely winner, going by his commanding lead in the opinion polls. This is despite him being forced to abandon his campaign midway after he tested positive for COVID-19. Australia's second most populous state, Victoria, reported its biggest jump in COVID-19 cases since late March on Saturday, forcing it to expand stay-at-home orders to two more suburbs and sending nine public housing towers to complete lockdown. Tokyo Governor Yuriko Koiki today urged residents of the Japanese capital not to travel beyond its borders as new infections crossed 100 for a third day. Cases in Tokyo have risen to a two-month high driven by the spread of the virus in the capital's night spots. Now for some non-coronavirus news. In its charge sheet related to the February riots in Delhi, the Delhi police has alleged that some of the rioters used a WhatsApp group to coordinate with each other and killed nine Muslims after they refused to chant Jai Shri Ram. The charge sheet said that the accused were a part of the WhatsApp group Qatar Hindut Ekta, which was created on February 25th to take quote-unquote revenge on Muslims. Delhi police said that the rioters used this group not just to coordinate, but also to provide men, arms and ammunition to each other. The creator of the WhatsApp group is still absconding. Initially, there were 125 members in this group, out of which 47 had exited the group by March 8th. Charge sheets were also filed before additional Chief Metropolitan Magistrate Vinod Kumar Gautam on June 29th for the alleged bludgeoning of nine people Hamza, Amin, Bhuriyali, Mursalin, As Muhammad, Musharraf, Akil Ahmed, Hashim Ali, and his elder brother Amir Khan to death. The members even bragged about killing Muslims and dumping their bodies in the sewer. The sewer, in fact, became the focal point of the investigation carried out by our reporters Basanta Nayush. Their detailed report on it is titled Delhi Carnage, the story of one mob, two drains and five murders. Do read it in case you haven't. As Muhammad, Amir, Hashim, Bhuri Ali, these deaths might be reduced to just their names. But to know more about who these innocent people were who lost their lives to the growing hatred that is engulfing our nation, please do read the report. The police, meanwhile, have said that the armed men stopped whoever they came across, asked them their name, address, ID proof, and told them to chant Jai Shri Ram. Anyone who refused or was found to be a Muslim was brutally assaulted and thrown into a drain in Bhagirathi Vihar. The police also plan to use these WhatsApp conversations as extrajudicial confessions. In their new report as a part of News Laundry's follow-up to the riots, Ayush and Basant delved deeper into this WhatsApp group. They found that the group contained references not just to RSS and Kapil Mishra, but it also included plans to torch mosques and install idols, acquire arms and kill and molest Muslims. However, what is really surprising is that most of these did not find a mention in the Delhi police's main charge sheet. 
Instead, they were limited to the annexure. For more details, please read their report titled Delhi Riots Inside the Qatar Hindu WhatsApp Group That Planned Executed Murders. Dear listeners, this report was a part of our News Laundry Sena project, an initiative that allows people like you to fund the stories that you want to hear. So a big shout out to all of those who contributed to this story. I'd also like to draw your attention to how it is possible for you as the public to make a difference. Stories like this will be a part of our history. However bitter it may be, we need to hear the truth. And thanks to your support, it has happened. And we will continue bringing it to you as long as we have your support. And I'm not asking you this just on the basis of this report. Go to our website, see the other stuff we do. For example, Spratik's four-part series on the plight of Adivasis in Chhattisgarh who are thrown in jail without a trial for years and years. There are so many stories like this. All you need to do is go to newslaundry.com and go through our website. And if you think our work is worthy of your support, then please do subscribe to us. It is just 300 rupees a month. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.